0: I'm Thad Brown along with Carl Jones. This is Let's Talk Fall. Welcome in. The uh, weekly breakdown of the Bills, X's, and O's watching the All-22 film. And also, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to everybody out there. Here in the station, it is cookie day. And no joke, I'm about 12 meatball cookies in right now. And if Carl gets on a good rant and you see me leave, I'm just going to go out and grab another one. Because this is, like if you had cheat day, I'm like taking a whole cheat month and putting it into today. (sighs) And, And the cookies here, you can tell everybody at home. I've been doing this for about 23 years. Cookie Day is the best day of the year at News 8. You tell everybody why.
1: Man, it's, it's phenomenal with all the variety, too. Mm-hmm. Different assortment, peanut butter balls. Got me right now. About, oh. Definitely about five or six in. I might turn into a ball of peanut butter by the time <laughs> we get to the new year. But regardless, I'm in heaven. I keep going to that hallway. I'm like, what y'all got for me in there today?
0: And they, they have, like, everything in my cookie wheelhouse. So you got the cutouts that are frosted, the meatballs with the thick frosting on them, the peanut butter balls peanut butter crackers, which is new, good. The uh, kiss with the peanut butter on the outside, uh, it's just ridiculous. Anyway, all right, let's talk about some football, at least for a little while before my, my 14th and 15th cookies. Okay, uh, Bills and Cowboys. As you might imagine, there's gonna be a lot of praise of the team in, in red, white, and blue after this one. Let's start on the offense. And Carl, I walked away from the game on Sunday thinking, wow, the whole offense was ridiculous. Everybody just dominated. And, and it was good top to bottom. But the thing that stuck out to me maybe the most is how good the running backs were in finding space, avoiding tackles. And it wasn't just James Cook. It was mostly James Cook. But Ty Johnson had a few in there, too. They had a great feel for avoiding. There were a few times that the Cowboys penetrated and caused a problem. problem. The running backs were able to find space, avoid issues, create positive plays. And I was just really blown away. James Cook has not been this guy at all. He was that guy in this game.
1: Yeah, the scouting report coming out of him. He's going to have to develop into more of a running back. We know what he can do in the passing game. What is he going to do between the tackles? And he has some runs where finds his little crease, hop around, whatever, make a cut, and then boom. And he made some safeties pay one-on-one. I mean, I believe it was number six, Donovan Wilson back there a couple of times. Javon uh, Kirsch was back there as well on the touchdown. Foot in the dirt, upfield, no chance to get him. So that was really, really good to see. Because you're right, this isn't the guy that we saw rookie year or even the beginning of the year where yeah he might not be the guy who's running guys over but he's making a miss and he's being assertive with his cuts that was encouraging
0: assertive is exactly where I was gonna go next I just thought confidence purpose hugging tackles I mean it wasn't just he ran to space he ran to space in the right part of the space too everything was fantastic and again Ty Johnson in on this too the other part of this that I was very very impressed with was offensive coordinator Joe Brady we both have points to make about this I let you go first what did you like about Brady's game, not only with how he called this one, but kind of the bigger picture with him as well.
1: He was the MVP for me this one, by the way, but there was two things. The first thing that stuck out is that Micah Parsons was the star coming into this game, right? How do they stop Michael Parsons? Well, you don't. You know, how you, you know how you stop him? You don't block him. You make him think and you make him react on every single play, and for majority of that first half, he was the conflict, of, conflict defender. What I mean by that is we're going to read him, and he's going to have to either for the running back or Josh Allen it also helps that Josh Allen is a dual threat so he tends to lean on the side of being cautious and stay with Josh Allen but playing and play out you want to know why Michael Parsons didn't have a bunch of stats because he was the guy the Bills were reading on most plays so he didn't really have a chance to make a play because he was the backside defender
0: basically what was happening is that the Bills would look at Michael Parsons if he went left they went right
1: and, the, and, and that would happen a ton and then also a small nugget that doesn't really affect most teams defensively but affects the Cowboys because they play so much man coverage is when they jump the back and what I mean by that is is with James Cook is on the, the left side of Josh Allen right before the snap. He'll hop on the right side. That subtle difference right there. And I know because I play nickel defense and it's a terror sometimes when you're in man coverage. That subtle difference right there changes the responsibility of who guards the running back. If you think of it from a defensive perspective, just guard him with whoever is on that side of the quarterback, just guard him, right? And the, the Cowboys tried their best to line up number 14, the smaller safety type on Cook as much as they could. So once the the Bills got wind of that, all right, we're gonna move him right over before the snap and you don't have time to adjust to that. And then we're gonna run right at number 14 who weighs about 205 pounds, definitely the smallest linebacker in the league. He's not even a linebacker, he's a safety down there in the box. That small adjustment right there led to massive gains by the Bills and the Cowboys never adjusted.
0: So what what the Bills were trying to do is get Cook running at 14, running at 14, but also, you pointed this out on the touchdown pass to Cook, They also were able to use him to get him to run a pass pattern against 33, and without knowing their names, 33 was the much more typical linebacker. I think he goes 240, Mm -hmm. but not a, a pass coverage guy. 14, as you said, is not a great run defender. Part of this is because the Cowboys and you can lay this out now, their injury situation was not good going into this game.
1: Yeah, Jonathan Hankins, their defensive tackle, the really good defensive tackle, he missed the game. He's been out for a few weeks, I believe. Leighton Vander Esch, I'm sure you guys know him. Been out for a while. Been out for a while. There other, uh, I believe Overton or Overstreet is their other linebacker. He's been out for months as well. There's a reason why the Cowboys have been in the linebacker market for the past month or so. It showed up against the Bills.
0: And the Brady, you know, Joe Brady did what we've talked about him doing really well. He found, an op. like, you don't have to be a genius. The linebackers are injured. They've got two guys that do distinctly different things. we got a running back that can beat them with both. We're just going to set our running back up to go to have the advantage all day long. And the other thing about what Joe Brady did, first of all, there's, there's one small play I want to point out to accentuate this point. Also on the James Cook touchdown pass, he ran Khalil Shakir at 33. It wasn't really a pick. It was What it did accomplish, though, is it made the linebacker get flat-footed. And James Cook with a head of steam against anybody flat-footed, especially a bigger, slower linebacker, is a huge mismatch. You saw what happened. Cook had two, three yards of space. It's such a small, subtle thing, but it was so effective. The other thing that I like that Joe Brady's been doing with James Cook, we've talked about James Cook is not a great running back. And what we've seen is when you give him a straight handoff and he's only got maybe two or three steps to get to the line of scrimmage, he can't build up, build up enough steam, enough speed, to be effective. James Cook's best attribute is making cuts at full speed. Well, when you run him straight ahead, he can't get to full speed. When you try and send him outside, he's horizontal so long, he never really again is able to get up to full speed going downhill. So what the Bills have done with a lot of these tackle leads and pulls is that they get Cook kind of going at a 45 degree angle to where he's able to generate a head of steam before he gets to the line of scrimmage, and therefore he can make those moves that he's so effective at. The other thing I did in this particular game is when you run Cook say from the right side of Josh Allen all the way towards the left like off tackle left or around the edge left it gives the left tackle or the left guard plenty of time to go out and get to the second level for a block. Essentially what's happening is that Joe Brady set up an offense where the second level block the linebacker comes to the lineman instead of what happens 98 percent of the time which is the lineman having to go out and chase the the linebacker himself which is really hard for any lineman to do. Again so many small parts of this that add up to the best run game ever in the Sean McDermott era and it's not anything that's radical it's just doing the basic smart things
1: yeah I mean we talked about the Ken Dorsey era and by the end we were like it's the, it was the attention to detail the small subtle mistakes that they couldn't get over they couldn't um, get past those whether it was penalties whether it was guys missing assignments and stuff of that nature interceptions to, uh, and turnovers well since Brady has been in charge and obviously it's not all his doing Gabe Davis you, as you talked about earlier today said that it's all of us coming right. together and playing better at the same time It's never just one thing never just yeah. one thing However, that is something that did change exactly when he became mm-hmm. the head man in charge for the offense that attention to detail Because all those small things add up on a play That's how a, a three-yard gain turns into 15 how 15 turns into 40 and you saw that against the Cowboys where the plays Where they only got two yards? Well one guy messed up But the plays where James Cook was able to get double digits and get a successful run Ty Johnson as well everybody was doing their uh, their 111.
0: Yeah, it wasn't. The, the offensive line, I didn't think, played as well as I thought they did Sunday. You know, there were some plays where the blocks were a bit sloppy and the running backs kind of made up for it. They still were really good, but a lot of it also was Joe Brady putting them in high leverage positions where you didn't have to do anything crazy. Just You, you have an advantage on your defender. Just block that advantage, and, and they won on that a lot of the time. You talk about how the Bills kind of took Michael Parsons out of the game, and statistically, he did nothing. I want to point out, Statistics don't tell the whole story. He was a game wrecker in the second quarter. Um, he got everybody. You know, Deion Dawkins, Mitch Morse. I know Spencer Brown had a pretty solid game in the second half. Spencer Brown has seen enough one-on-ones with Michael Parsons to last a lifetime. There was a player where Parsons basically just ran him over. Like, give the uh, Reggie White club, I think it was. So, <laughs> yeah, Michael Parsons made, made noise in this game, for sure.
1: No, yeah. It, he even ran down a couple plays on the backside. He still played like great. Obviously, he wasn't the, the all pro Michael Parsons that we're accustomed to seeing, and that's because of they kind of schemed him out of it. But usually great players get frustrated and completely take themselves out of the game. There was a point where he was trying his darndest to stay locked in, and boy, I'm like you said, that one play where Spencer Brown was on his backside. I'm like, oh yeah, that's that's the number 11 i I'm accustomed to seeing.
0: And it's funny, you know, for like us, we don't see the NFC guys a lot. I, I like the fact that I got to see Micah Parsons do Micah Parsons things because I don't get to watch him a lot. I feel. He
1: was lined up at defensive tackle on like first down sometimes. It wasn't just like third down where you're like, oh, that's why he's in there. It'd be first down sometimes and he's up against Mitch Moore. So I'm like, what is 240 yeah. pounds doing right there? Just a great player. Just very privileged to uh, watch him on Sunday.
0: One other very small note. Latavius Murray had a uh, blitz pickup that was no bueno in this game. And I'll tell you what, with... The way Ty Johnson is now, in my opinion, the number two back on this team, he's been great. Even Ty Johnson even blocked great in this game. It would not stun me to see Leonard Fournette get some time in the relative near future being the next two games. A, I know the Bills won't admit it, but they're going to be big favorites in both. If you want to try something out, now's the time. And B, Fournette and Murray's skill set match up much better than Fournette and Ty Johnson. To where, like if you put Fournette in for Ty Johnson, there's so many things, just special teams, that Fournette doesn't do. But Fournette and Murray are very similar. And I think if you wanna see what you got with Fournette, and, and I would want to at this point, now would be the time to do it. I still think Murray's the better option, and he's been really good all year, to where I don't, like, I don't wanna say he deserves to be benched, but I haven't seen a whole lot from Murray lately, to where I don't think that, I think that's an impossible thing to do.
1: Yeah, you want a guy like Murray or Fournette, especially for those two minute situations where you want to do a bunch of blitz pickup, because I don't think they still trust James Cook in those scenarios often. That's why Murray's been getting the bulk of the time, especially two minute, like Mm -hmm. I said. So if you want to see a blitz pickup guy or a quick outlet guy, Fournette has been the king of that over the past five years. Well, uh,
0: like a blitz pickup he's terrible at. you know, he can
1: catch the ball out of the backfield. Exactly. So if you yeah. want a guy who can do a little bit, a little bit of blitz pickup, but also can catch out the backfield, that's for Nets. His company. blitz
0: pickup is more. He, he takes the big swing. Like he's, he wants to blow guys up, and if he misses, he misses. But that, that's, that's what he's going to do, and he's going to blow guys up on his way to running a pattern. So not exactly. And I guess the concern would be, you know, especially if you're playing Khalil Mack, you put him in this week, and he does one of those swings and misses, and Josh Allen, you know, comes next to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Josh Allen gets hurt, yeah. and now you're like, well, that's a great thing we tried out. Our season's over. All right. anyway, let's go over the defensive side of the ball and uh, you know, Carl, the the thing that I wanted to watch the most was how did the Bills secondary missing pieces everywhere shut down this Cowboys passing game?
1: It was a bunch of stuff. First off, Dak Prescott is one of the smartest quarterbacks in the league. I know he gets a a lot of crap because he plays. He's the quarterback for the Cowboys. That player is always going to get ridiculed, but he's really smart, especially post snap. He's able to read things and he always knows where to go with the ball. The Bills did a phenomenal job of hiding their, dis- uh, their coverage until the very last second. Safeties rotating, Taron Johnson rotating, cornerbacks giving off their leverage at the last second. So whatever Dak Prescott saw pre-snap and maybe whatever idea he had, the Bills changed the look and now, oh gosh, I don't know where to go. Oh, Leonard, Fournette, Leonard Floyd is in my face. Phenomenal job in that regard, but also I gotta give my flowers. If we gave Joe Brady his for the offensive side of the ball, what Taron Johnson did on defense, I'm not kidding. That was one of the best games I've ever seen him play, especially since I've been covering the Bills. Run defense, stopping guys, pass defense. It it was just a phenomenal game. I said in this space last week the key to the game was going to be CeeDee Lamb versus Taren Johnson. And CeeDee Lamb was nowhere to be found. He was in Rikers Island. He was in whatever prison you want to call it, Vera Island. It was on Taren Johnson's Island because he did a phenomenal job. It didn't matter what play it was, off coverage running to him, press in your face. So impressive to see. I don't know if he'll get it this year because he probably he hasn't played consistent every week. But I'm happy the NFL finally uh, put Nickelbacks on the All-Pro list because a performance like that would definitely put Terrence Johnson on that.
0: So I talked to Terrence today, by the way, and I told him I said, "Did you know that AP added Nickel to the All-Pro?" He didn't know. He was super excited to find out. He was really <laughs> excited. And I said, "You know, you're gonna have a good shot at that." He's like, oh no, no." He went total. Terrence's one of the best guys. He went total humility, like, oh, no, no. It's all about my teammates. <laughs> and I'm like, Terrence, stop. Like, You're going to have a shot at this. And like, you could tell he knew. He didn't want to say to the, someone in the media he knew. But he knows that he's going to be one of the guys and deserves to be for sure. The other part of the second there that you liked in this is that beyond number seven, everybody did what they were supposed to. This was a 111th clinic in the back seven.
1: Yeah, no one was out of place. You know, sometimes where you can watch and be like, why does this coverage not look right? There's someone over Everyone was on a string, very sound. And because they tackled so well in the back end, linebackers included, were those swing passes that the Cowboys love to run, those quick hitters, those passes that were caught for two yards, it was a two yard gain. It didn't turn for, it didn't become, it was going to be second and eight or second and two. Like, no, it stayed second and eight, all those plays right there. Jake Ferguson got hit right away. Rico Dotto got hit in the, in the passing game a few times. CeeDee Lamb never got much and He's one of the best yak guys in the NFL. That right there, that secondary performance in terms of tackling, being sound, led to a defensive line that at times had their way with the Cowboys' uh, O-line.
0: Before we get to the D-line, one more guy in the secondary one I mentioned, Cam Lewis flashed a couple times and you think he might be maybe deserving, if not in line, for some more regular defensive play?
1: We don't know what's going on with Micah Hyde. I know the stinger issue is kind of scary, especially with his injury history, but if Taylor Rapp continues. Obviously, Taylor Rapp is going to be the starter for, for here going forward. I would not be surprised if Cam Lewis eats into those minutes a little bit more. He did a phenomenal job in coverage. He, Jake Ferguson beat him once, but I mean, that's going to happen playing DB. Tackled well as well. Taylor Rapp, I don't want to call him a liability in coverage, but he's more of a, a thumper, right? He's more of a guy you trust more tackling as opposed to what he's doing deep down the field in coverage. Cam Lewis, really, really darn good game. Sticky. I'm watching and I'm watching the other nickel as well, which will be Cam Lewis rolling down sometimes. Really good game out of him. Like you said, we got two games to try things out. Why not try out Cam in that position right there?
0: Next two games, I think we could see a lot of Ed Oliver, who had another really good game. Not not ridiculous Avenger level, as he's had a few times earlier this year. but And again, some of that was because the Cowboys had like 30 relevant snaps before this game was out of hand. Um, but he had multiple pressures, a couple good run stops. Very, very active in this game. I was very impressed. Another thing I liked out of this game is We talk about the offensive coordinator. How about the defensive coordinator? Sean McDermott. A couple of subtle little uh, wrinkles to blitzes that were really effective. My favorite one was the sack at the end of the third quarter. That was Jordan Phillips play, the play he actually got injured on, was a play where they lined up three defensive linemen to the left of the center. Ed Oliver, Leonard Floyd, and uh, Jordan Phillips. And they've done this stuff before, but Phillips was on the edge. Floyd was in the tackle spot, but Floyd was really a linebacker. He started about a yard off the line of scrimmage and kind of got a running start into a stunt, totally destroyed the left side of the Cowboys line. Phillips basically had no um, opposition, no obstacle, ran and got the sack. Again, you know, it's a a one yard difference. It's a small positioning difference and made such a, a big impact on that play. You know, we, I think I get most impressed. You, like, you watch a Steve Spagnuolo blitz. He's bringing dudes from the first row. Some guys, like the eighth <laughs> linebacker, is like, back by the goal line, running them in. You're like, where'd that guy come from? <laughs> this was not that. This was just small, subtle, but, but super effective. And, and, you know, again, all the different things we covered on defense, Sean McDermott deserves a lot of credit because he orchestrated a group playing left-handed almost that shut the Cowboys down.
1: Yeah, there was a couple plays, two that stick out right now where when the Cowboys got to a certain look offensively, and I can't remember it off the top of my head, the edge defender just blitzed. Whether it was Taron Johnson who got the, the TFL and then Taylor Rapp as well on that run, blitz as well, Sean McDermott had those guys locked into their assignments, did a good job obviously preparing those guys because what, all the things that the Cowboys did well coming into this game, you didn't see much of it at mm-hmm. all. I mean, outside of the Brandon Cook's deep post that Dak Prescott just missed, the Cowboys were kind of just... Like I, said, like I said on Buffalo Game Day recap, they were the boxer who got, not, who was, got his uh, bell rung early on and is just fighting for his life, waiting for the ref to, uh, to end the fight. And that's what it looked like offensively because they really didn't stand a chance.
0: Top to bottom, an impressive game for the Bills. All right, coming up next, they go out to L.A. to take on the Chargers. Uh, Keenan Allen's been banged up most of the week. I don't think he'll play. Maybe he will. Um, but this does not seem like much of a matchup, especially when the quarterback on the other side is what you give your hockey-playing kid for Christmas. So um, I don't know how much excitement there will be. There will be, however, Let's Talk Ball next week. I don't know what day it will be. We'll figure it out. But we will do this again, talking about the Bills and the Chargers that uh, after Christmas. All right. Remember, you can watch and listen to Let's Talk Ball every single week at RochesterFirst.com, on YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. For Carl Jones, I'm Thad Brown. Everybody have a great holiday. Eat a ton of cookies. I'm going to go have some more. We'll see you next week.